Welcome to Gradcast. I'm Callum. And I'm Krishna. And we're here to discover all the do's and don'ts of being a grad. On this episode of Gradcast, as rotations wind down, how to prepare for what's next. How much should you try and plan and plot out your career and how much should you just be open to opportunities that come your way that might not actually be in your, in your you know, three-step or ten-step plan? The moment when it's time to take a step into the unknown when a job offer comes. Ooh, am I, am I ready to, to sort of make the leap? But at the same time, I knew if I didn't put in that job application that I would regret it for, for a long time. And Krishna's voice of experience. If I had to be very honest, I was underprepared. And I wish I had had something like Gradcast a year back because I think it actually does make a significant difference in getting grads into the right mindset. Time to plot, plan, get in the right mindset and be ready for whatever comes down the road. And Callum and Krishna are ready and waiting. It's Gradcast. As grads all across the country are finishing up their grad programs, in this episode, we're going to be talking all about what comes next. What comes next as you transition out of your grad programs and into what's in the grade beyond into your new roles. So Callum, you're also in your final rotation and finishing up your grad program soon. So when are you officially wrapping up? Yeah, that's right, Krishna. I am wrapping up my grad program soon. It officially finishes at the end of January next year. Um, So I'm about to start my final rotation and then it'll just be uh, a sort of a shorter two-month rotation and then moving out of the grad program. So it's very exciting. Fantastic. And have you thought about what you will be doing after the program? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess there are lots of things that I was really interested in and a few options, but something that I was really keen on um, was the area where I did my first rotation, which Mm -hmm. was brand and marketing. Um, So yeah, I'd be really keen to go back there in a full-time role after I finish my program. Fantastic. I think our guest today should be especially helpful to you and give you some advice in, you know, the thing you should be looking out for as you move into your next role. So let's get into it. Did you want to do the honors and introduce our guest today? Yeah, that's right. So I interviewed our guests, uh, Megan and CY, uh, two former grads, and we'll be hearing about their grad program experiences. And they'll be talking a bit about transitioning into a role with the APS, uh, particularly with Megan, and see why we'll be talking a bit about transitioning into a role in the private sector. Uh, but before that, I actually interviewed some of my fellow grads at CSC. Mm-hmm. Uh, their names are James, Tom, and Tess. And I talked to them about graduate programs and the period of transitioning out of grad programs. Tess, where are you hoping to be at the end of the grad program? I'm hoping to be in the technology space. There's several teams in that area that I'm really interested in. Yeah, cool. And what are you most excited about for working in that area? Uh, there's a lot of learning opportunities. So I'm, I don't have an IT background, so I'm really um, excited to learn more about cybersecurity and risk for technology. Fantastic. Best of luck for that. 
Tom, you're getting close to finishing your grad program. How are you feeling about it? Uh, look, Callum, I reckon uh, excited about it, nervous. If I had to put it into one word, it would be uh, trepidatious, I think. Yeah, okay, trepidatious. Uh, can you tell us what you mean by that? Well, look, it, nothing's set in stone yet, so there's a bit of a question mark on the future, but uh, I think quietly hopeful as well that I get a job in my chosen area. James, what's one piece of advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, of course, Callum. Um, it's actually a bit of advice I received uh, back in the day um, to understand and to answer the question of what you actually do uh, at work, come into the office knowing what you what you do at work and it's, it's purposeful. The idea of the grad program is really to get that experience, create those opportunities so you understand what your place is in an organisation and I believe as long as you keep your options open, understand what you do and find purpose through your job, I think that's what grads should uh, ultimately look for. Wow, Callum, fantastic. That was fun and very insightful. Yeah, it sure was, Krishna. And um, I've been inspired to try and um, work the word trepidatious into my next conversation (laughs) and try and use that this week. What a great word. Absolutely. I think I might take that that idea from you and use that myself as well. Although I'm not sure how it's going to work out in my industry using trepidatious in my day-to-day work. People might be a bit concerned. Um, But... That being said, all the best to all of the graduates and especially you, Callum, as well, our, my co-host on your careers beyond the grad program. Yeah, thanks for that, Krishna. Uh, let's get into the meat of the episode and that's the interview with Megan Aponte-Payne and Chunyin San. Megan is an international trade specialist at the Office of Supply Chain Resilience at the Department of Industry, Science and Resources. She was a graduate at the Department of the Prime Minister and Cabinet in 2014. She's also worked at DFAT, Austrade and in the NGO sector. And on top of all of that, Megan has been on Gradcast before. In episode 6, she was part of a spirited roundtable discussion about the pros and cons of being in the public service uh, versus entering the private sector. Megan, what have you been up to since then? Well, I've had the interesting experience of being mocked for the first time, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so eight years in the public service and I've dodged it till now, um, but finally was mocked recently from the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet to uh, Department of Industry, Science and Resources. So it's been okay. a useful to see it from the from the other side I think I can now um, I can now uh, be a bit more compassionate with those who've gone through a mog and understand that it's a process but also with change comes opportunity as well sure okay that's a, a great way of looking at it and um, yeah I guess that's something a lot of people experience in the public service at one point or another and CY is making his grand cast debut he also survived a grand program in 2018 2019. And these days, he's the practice lead at ThinkPlace, a leading global design firm founded in Australia, where he heads up its strategy, foresight and futures team. Siwa, what does that all mean? It's a really fun job, really. So, um, I mean, I spend my day really bringing together people from different backgrounds, different perspectives, different voices, um, through, I guess, what you can just describe as genuine co-design processes. So I'm all about helping people unlock their imagination about what our long futures can look like um, and really work together to create some awesome solutions to, to solve different problems. Uh, CY has also worked for government departments, not-for-profits and academic institutions, delivering and implementing transformative projects. 
and he's also now the licensee of TEDx Canberra. Uh, and that's all about having big conversations about our futures. Uh, so to get the ball rolling, and before we talk about the post-grad universe, uh, can each of you uh, give me a snapshot of what your grad programs were like? Well, my grad year involved, I think like for many, a move from Adelaide, in my case, to Canberra, which then involved a hunt for permanent accommodation. It involved a lot of roundabouts, and it took me about a year to uh, graduate from the GPS. Um, But I guess it also involved a lot of rotations, a lot of meeting new people, almost like a speed dating of of the department, which was, I think, an extremely valuable experience and one I wouldn't have got if I had just come in at, say, an APS4 or APS5. So I think it just set me up so well. How have you, CY? I was going to say, it feels like a long time ago, but just listening to Megan talk about her experiences, it brought back a lot of those (laughs) memories about about trying to sort of elbow out, you know, what, 30, 40 other applicants um, in in some Belconnen apartment trying to sort of get a rental lease and stuff like that. There were a lot of weeks spent dealing with real estate agents and um, and all of that. what, I don't know what the tip there is. Don't start, don't move to Canberra and, uh, at the end of January. Remote grad program. <laughs> yeah, start looking early maybe. Start yeah. looking early, start looking early. Otherwise it's going to be a bit of a nightmare. Sure, yeah. Um, but, you know, it was, um, so for, for the grad program in industry, it was over the course of two years. Um, and it was rotations that were about six months in duration. So in that sense, a lot of mobility, a lot of moving around different parts of the department, but also I think in the process getting to um, get exposure into lots of different functions of government and, and sort of getting really interesting experiences and meeting really interesting people in that way. Megan, you started as an APS grad and you grew within the APS. Can you tell us a bit about your transition from the grad program to your role uh, after that, which was a DFAT? Uh, did you have a clear idea about what you wanted to do with your career after the grad program? I think it's a really good question, Callum, and I think the crux of it is how much should you try and plan and plot out your career and how much should you just be open to opportunities that come your way that might not actually be in your in your you know three step or ten step plan Um, and obviously it's a little bit of both um, but I would say to listeners that in general the more open you are to opportunities that come your way the more diverse the experiences you'll have so I think I think a plan is good in that it, it motivates you, maybe it inspires you, it helps you to be positive and resilient if you're somewhere that you're not enjoying. But I think you want to make sure that it doesn't stop you from having um, from missing out on opportunities that, that come your way. I found the work, the thematics of the work to be really interesting, although some of the tasks are not as glamorous as you might think, you know, sure. carrying the minister's suitcases, you know, as they land. I mean, it is the minister's suitcases, but you're still carrying suitcases. Um, but I think the part that didn't didn't align for me was because I I was married and looking to have a family at some point, and the realities of being posted didn't uh, didn't fit particularly well. I think it was just six weeks of maternity leave, and you had to come back full time straight away. Probably the my favourite job that I ever had was one that I least planned. In that I was coming back from maternity leave, I didn't really have a spot because. The role I'd been in was previously in an ASEAN summit role that the, the summit had finished. 
didn't have a role to go back to. So I really just took a job based on the person I would be working for and it ended up being a wonderful job, not just the, the what but the who and the how. So who I was working for and who I was working with was fantastic. The how in terms of the flexible work and the culture was fantastic and the what which was actually economics and something that I didn't have a background in and probably thought was statistics and graphs and so it wouldn't have been on my plan at all, yeah. actually ended up being super interesting, linked back in with a lot of the international work because we were like the G20, for example, is all about international economics and, and the financial systems. Um, so actually ended up being such an interesting role. I went off and studied economics. You mentioned the the who that was sort of like when you were thinking about a particular role, do you think that's as important or more important than the what of you'll be doing or like how should you sort of weigh up that when thinking about roles? Yeah, totally. I think that at least for me, my plan only considered the what. Sure. And I think that you probably have to have give equal weighting to the what being the theme of work you're working on, which is I guess what you choose when you go to uni, mm. the who, who you work with and who you work for, and the how perhaps being the work style or whether you have autonomy over your project. And I think those last two are quite hard to measure externally, like before you've taken the job. And see why you had a very different experience, I guess, coming out of your two-year grad program because you went into the private sector. It's um, probably worth pointing out that I didn't leave straight after my grad program, so I stayed for um, well a, a full year, sort of after after my grad program. Um, the actual sort of departure from the APS was rather unplanned. So you know, I I know I knew that I. From a from a personal and sort of career development sense, you know, I I always knew I wanted to get a variety of experiences. Um, you know, I have a lot of respect for the public service, and I really loved my role um, at industry. Um, but at the same time, I also knew that at some point um, I would want to be able to get some private sector experience as well. I think having that mobility is really valuable, and being able to, especially when you're in industry, when you're mm. at the Department of Industry. And everyone's talking about small business, large industries, you know, all of those things. And you're sort of just like, you know, if you if you didn't have that private sector experience, am I really sort of fully understanding the full picture and, and, and sort of all the different perspectives? But the actual sort of transition away from the public service was pretty unplanned. It was just a case of, of there being a role um, that was being advertised in, in a company that I had always admired. Um, it was just one of those things where I was just like, you know, this is a really great fit. Um, it, it really aligned with what I was passionate in doing, which is about human-centered design and complex systems design and, 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 and sort of ethnographic research and bringing together, you know, social and, and, and scientific forms of research. Um, and I remember thinking to myself at the time, like, oh, am I, am I ready to, to sort of make the leap? But at the same time, I knew if I didn't put in that job application that I would regret it for for a long time and as it so happened I, I got the offer and that's when I decided to to depart but of course you know the lovely thing about or you could call it the ironic thing about living and working in Canberra is I still end up interfacing with the public service and people in the public sector every single day um, you know a lot of my clients are public service departments sometimes I even end up working with people who I used to work with in a very different capacity um, but still equally as enjoyable um, and of course, a lot of people who I know in Canberra um, 
harkens back to, to my public service days. Yeah, public service, you kind of escape it, right? First, wanted to ask you, Megan, so, um, yeah, I guess for myself, for a lot of our listeners as well, um, are grads who are soon to be finishing their grad programs um, and perhaps looking to pursue their careers further in the APS, um, do you have some things or advice for things that we should be thinking about or things that we should be doing um, preparing to continue on in the APS? I think it leads on from that conversation about not planning things too much, but I think you need to be really clear on what your values are. Values not only being perhaps political or principled values, but also being really self-aware. So are you an introvert or an extrovert? Do you work well with introverts or extroverts? Do you prefer to have a really clear direction or do you prefer to kind of have the freedom and autonomy to, to, to you know, chart your own way forward, for example? Do you like short-term tasks that you can kind of tick off and get that sense of achievement or do you like to see a project all the way through from, you know, design to implementation? And understanding all of these things about your own personality and also how you work with other styles, you know, which styles are complementary or which styles may, may you perhaps butt heads with or, or get frustrated with will help you to understand when a job offer comes along if it's going to be a good fit or not. And I, I think often... We think about, mm, I like social policy or I like national security, but we're not thinking about those other things because I think to some extent it, they come from experience, from life experience and from trying different jobs. And you don't know often until you're faced with a scenario whether or not it's a scenario you like, right? So I think as a, as a grad or someone who's, you know, in their early years in their career, they're still working those things out. So I, I would definitely say if you've got a mentor or you've got a, a partner or a relative or a friend or someone you can really bounce ideas off and just understand who you are and how you work with others it'll help you to know if uh, firstly if a job that's being proposed to you is, is a good fit or it'll help you to ask the right questions you know how often are you in an interview and they say any questions and you're like, well I know but how about you ask them about their work style and their approach to flexibility and their you know management style for example the other thing I would say, and it's a judgment call, but uh, say yes to most things, but then learn how to say no. And so you can either say no when you're offered something or don't be afraid two months in to say, actually, this isn't a good fit. Um, my, my work style is X. It appears that this job is Y. Perhaps, perhaps I should look for something that's a better fit. Because if you have the confidence to be able to I guess pull 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 something up early, then you're not taking as much of a risk by saying yes anyway. See why? How about um, yeah? For you, I guess thinking through um, yeah, just also general advice for moving on. But yeah, particularly maybe thinking about moving into the private sector. Would you have any advice for grads thinking through those things? To to an extent, a workplace is a workplace anywhere um, and a lot of those really critical um, things that you would think about whether or not you're going for a public service job or, or not in a public service apply um, you know you would 
you know, the same cardinal rules around, you know, preparation. Um, indeed, a lot of what Megan just said there about, you know, your own values and where you want to go and, and those sorts of considerations, you know, family obligations, all of those things are really important. Um, I think what is useful to think about um, if you are, you know, considering that transition is I, I would say a lot of the difference comes down to different ways of working um, and mindsets of working. Um, certainly in the context that I'm in, which is sort of more of a design slash consulting context. Um, on one hand, there's a lot more um, a lot more focus on on understanding who you are as a person, then I, I think um, certainly through my experiences applying for jobs in the public service, um, that was a bit of a, a surprise um, in a pleasant way, actually. You know, I, I remember when I was going through um, for, for, for my position, initial position at ThinkPlace, I had to go through four or five rounds of interviews, uh, four or five rounds in the application process altogether. So that's, you know, including the initial application um, followed by assessment centers, followed by, you know, two or three or four rounds of interviews. Um, and all of that is engineered uh, around trying to not just understand your capability, but also try to understand who you are as a person um, and whether or not you fit into the culture um, and whether, and not just fitting in, but adding to the culture that you'll be working in. Um, so that was a really pleasant surprise for me, um, you know, as a culturally and linguistically diverse person, you know, I care a lot about issues like diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, I ask myself questions about, you know, whether or not I can be myself and whether I can bring myself to work um, in its fullest form um, every single day. And so being able to be sort of in that sort of environment, being having the opportunity to sort of um, show yourself um, but also challenging yourself to show yourself so that you could be understood. Um, that was a really positive um, takeaway. Um, but then on the flip side, um, well, makes it sound like it's a binary thing, um, but the, the something else to sort of keep in mind is there is more of an emphasis around, um, you know, performance, um, how you use your time, um, whether you're using your time productively, um, how do you, you know, balance multiple competing priorities um, in order to meet the expectations, um, you know, whether it's internal targets um, or clients, um, but at the same time still, you know, working to, you know, protect your work-life balance and, and all of those really important things. You guys have shared so many like really helpful insights um, as former graduates for our current graduates and our current listeners. So thank you so much for that, guys. Uh, we've got a final question before you guys go. Um, and that's just if you could share maybe a, a favorite memory or experience that you guys had during your grad programs. So I was quite lucky. My grad year in the PM's department happened to be the year that Australia was hosting the G20. So we had the leaders of the 20 largest economies in Australia coming to Brisbane for the G20 summit. I think it was in November, the end of my grad year. Um, and being, I don't know if it's the same for all departments, but being, um, I guess, what they called centrally funded, which meant that HR was paying for us. And we also were due to move on for our rotation in, say, a month anyway. They needed people on the ground. And so it was, we were a really easy option to kind of offer up because we weren't really tied to anywhere and, they, and no area had to kind of give away staff. 
So I and about a third of my grad cohort went up to Brisbane for a month. And we, I mean, the initial work was not that exciting. I think we printed 32,000 um, like accreditation passes and photographs. Wow. Um, but we were there for the summit and I got to go to like Barack Obama's press conference, David Cameron, who was the British PM at the time, Francois Hollande, and even got to talk to um, Christine Lagarde, who was the IMF head at the time. That was something that had I not been a grad, I'm almost certain I wouldn't have got to do. So, yeah, there's certainly a few perks to being a grad and I would say, you know, play them as much as you can. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, well, I'll, I'll say two things, but the first thing is I definitely echo that. Um, one of the moments that I got to play my grad card um, was uh, for... Uh, for IPA, um, the Institute of Public Administration, um, ACT, I think they were hosting uh, a, a public service address by the former Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, um, and they needed, I think, I think the, the parameters was they needed a grad um, and they needed someone who was from a multicultural background. And I very enthusiastically put my hands up <laughs> for that. And, and I got to be one of the people um, who, who got to ask the Prime Minister a question um, at the event. The second part to it, um, this is going to sound really cheesy, but it's definitely the people. Uh, I mean, you know, some of my, um, you know, closest friends I've met uh, through uh, my time on the grad program uh, at now DISA. Um, and that's definitely something I'll take away uh, with me for the long run. Yeah, to our listeners, I guess still a bit of time left in the grad program, play the grad card, make the most of, of the last little bit of that program as well. Um, Megan and CY, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you again. You're listening to GradCast, proudly supported by CSC, the Commonwealth Superannuation Corporation. Wow, that was a really interesting conversation, Callum. I really enjoyed listening to Megan and CY. Um, lots of things actually to take away there. I think for grads who are looking to plan their next move, I especially like the optimism that CY has and in terms of looking back to his career and thinking of the two years um, in the grad program as learning the craft of the government. I think whether you choose to continue or whether you choose to move on, the two years or the one year that you spend in the government is actually quite essential and, and can be useful in your career because you learn how the government functions and that in itself is such a vital skill. Um, I actually really enjoyed Megan's attitude in being open to different opportunities as well. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And I was quite, I was quite fascinated with all her experiences in being able to volunteer and playing the grad card and being able to, you know, go and see Barack Obama's press conference, a bit envious there. Yeah, no, indeed. And thanks for those reflections, Krishna. I, I was also very jealous of, of yeah, that get, the experience of getting to go along to the G20, that would have been fantastic. Uh, Krishna, I'm curious, could you tell me how did you feel when you were preparing for your career after the grad program? Um, if I had to be very honest, I was underprepared. 
and I wish I had had something like GradCast a year back because I think it actually does make a significant difference in getting grads into the right mindset because sometimes these things exist in the back of your mind but you don't know what you don't know and until somebody tells you in an episode or a podcast you can't actually make um, solid steps towards planning your career. So I think with me it was much similar to what Megan was talking about in terms of being open to lots of opportunities. And for me, I think it was more about um, using my one year to gain as much experience as I can, but do a lot of reflection on who I am as a person. And so, you know, as, as somebody who had an economics and finance background, I did a bit of that. I did a bit of procurement. I did a bit of learning and development. I did a bit of media and marketing. And, and I felt that I loved media and marketing. So um, it was it was strategic in terms of trying to forge a pathway in that direction, but also not being too rigid and seeing where life takes me. But um, I feel really old now as I'm telling you all of this, Callum, because you're about to experience all of it. So it's interesting. <laughs> well, thanks for, for sharing your experience, Krishna. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is having, great having a resource like GradCast um, and I've certainly learned a lot of things from previous grads, including yourself. So thanks for that, Krishna. Um, and looking forward to our next episode, we're going to be looking back on some of our favorite and best moments from GradCast, some of the best advice we've heard throughout the year. Uh, and it's going to be a really fun one to record. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that one. And as per usual, you can reach out to us and write to us at hello at gradcast.com.au. We do read and um, take into consideration all your feedback and questions, and we do bring on experts accordingly to actually get them to answer them for you. So please do write to us, and you can, of course, listen to us on all major podcasting platforms um, and social media outlets. So thank you so much for listening, and thanks again, Callum, for joining in with me and interviewing some fantastic people. So see you next time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, everyone. Gradcast is produced by Content Group on Ngunnawal land in Canberra. It's brought to you by the Commonwealth Superannuation Corporation, CSC. Gradcast will be back soon with a year in review, featuring the voices of grads, recent grads, and experts from inside and outside the public service. There'll be all kinds of advice and life experiences on offer. One of my directors told me that data scientists who can understand business needs and communicate well are like unicorns. They don't exist. And so I made it my career goal to be a unicorn. Whatever your career goal, join us for the next episode of GradCast. Cast.